verse to start us off with, uh, Luke chapter 9. Um, and I, I love this. It's, it's when Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up onto the mountain. Probably one of my the favorite things that I love about the Gospels and how, what they communicate is that the disciples many times were just like us and saying, wait, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Why is that not? And so Jesus has just taken them up on the mountain to reveal himself, Moses and Elijah, transfiguration. And so we could say our conversations on the gospel have shed some light on Jesus. He's kind of pulled back the veil a little bit. We've seen behind the curtain of who he is, and we're like, oh, wow. And this, I just loved it. Uh, Peter does his thing. He's like, this is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Can I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build three tents, <laughs> one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And Luke put this in there. And I just, I was like, thank you, Luke, for saying this. And I just highlighted it, not knowing what he was saying. <laughs> I was like, that is it. If that encapsulates maybe my experience in understanding the gospel over the last, whatever, 30 plus years, it's how many moments have I said something, done something, lived out of something, acted in a certain way, believed something, not knowing what I'm saying or not applying it in the right way? Does that resonate with you? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> I love yeah. that part about our English language. Yeah, no. Yeah. Let me just say both answer, like both. Yeah. It, yes. Yeah. My, my, as you were just saying it, I always was just like, what was Peter expecting Jesus to actually do? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, Peter, that's amazing. Great yeah. idea. High Let's five. Camp. You know, Let's like, camp. Let's camp for a while. Yeah. Man, I've been waiting for someone to pitch tents for us here. You know, it's like, yeah. come on. It was kind of the lunchbox, um, like put it on a lunchbox moment for Peter, <laughs> where it's like, you know what? This is so awesome. I need this in a product. I need to be able to, because you know what we can do? If we put all three of you up here and you just stay, like, can you imagine if Jesus and the Father were like, oh, okay, fine. It's not right. kind of what we what we had in mind, but let's do it. Go ahead and build your little thing, your little church, your little ministry, your little deal. And, and then Peter's like, cool. All right. Is that good enough for you, Elijah? I mean, I know that that one's kind of made of camel skin and it was, that was all I had left. I gave Jesus the better stuff. And Moses, you're going to have to kind of go with that little hole in the roof on yours. (laughs) Sorry, man, I couldn't. But, you know, this is great. This is great. Can you all just stay put? I'm going to go down and I'm going to get some people. We're going to come back up here and we're going to like, I don't know, sit around these three tents and maybe, you know, maybe John could say something. I mean, he's not really good with words, but maybe he could say something. (laughs) (laughs) And we can get James to sing a little bit and then everybody can sit in like rows in front of the tents and then it'll be this awesome experience. Can we do that? (laughs) But but, yeah, obviously I'm playing, but I love the father's like, it doesn't even answer the question. He just says, listen to him, listen, listen to Jesus, listen to what he's saying. And so Kind of going with that theme of what has he been saying to you? Just let's just do the last year in your understanding of his kingdom on a personal level, 
not well, not when you're up front and not even as a pastor, but just maybe more yeah you as a as a person who is in need of of him, like what has he been saying yeah. to you yeah it, and so just like I'm going to throw out a, just a disclaimer for those who are um, watching slash listening is this conversation we're going to couch it in our own personal life, so it may be a little more raw and vulnerable, which is okay. Yeah. Uh, because we are people. Um, I'm going to get the sensor button ready. Yeah. We'll just Bleep. like, yeah. Bleep. We should play with like the AR filters just in this. There you this go. One. You could put just... the cat on your head again, Fred. Oh my gosh. For those of you who only listen and you haven't seen Brandon's uh, irresistible temptation to click on these special buttons that show, there he is. Fred is on his head. Um so if you get a chance, you can jump over to YouTube and see Brandon likes to put this cat on his head. <laughs> so anyway, the sensor button, I can't even get that off. There we go. It's gone. Yeah. Um, right. Disclaimer, understood. Two, go for it. Two, uh, man, like, it's like, which one? Because you said the last year. It's like, goodness. Um, I, I'll, I'll just say probably the biggest one. And out of that one flows probably the two. And it... If you are part of Austin Oaks Church or happen to watch the sermon I preached last week, you, you'll you would hear a bit of it. So, it's it's i it's identity, and not in like the like identity is very layered. But it was the sense of going, asking the question, why did the Holy Spirit immediately lead Jesus into the wilderness after being baptized? Hmm. Like, because it's not like what we would expect. You know, like in terms of like the approval from heaven, Jesus baptized, let's roll, here comes the kingdom, big powerful things. It's like he like I love the way like Mark says he's like he forced him. Like or like he hmm. like kind of like compelled pushed compelled him into drove. the yeah, yeah, into the wilderness for forty days intentionally to be tested, which is like the same thing that Israel went through because you know when they crossed the Red Sea, they considered that the baptism for Israel, mm -hmm. and it goes into the wilderness, right? And it should have only like the journey from the Red Sea to the Promised Land is an eleven day journey, but God took intentionally two years, you know. And you're just start you just start asking that question like why two or forty. Well, two the first the first the first generation. Oh, the first. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. If you go from the parting of the Red Sea to the spies, that's a two year, two years. Okay, deal right there. And you're just like it. It, it if they were just moving, it would have been eleven days. So you're going, God, what? Why? Why that time? Yeah. And and it's it to me. It's kind of like you know, it goes, man. It's just like when we were in Israel together at the Wadi Kel, mm -hmm. you know, just looking at the temptation of Christ and it's that first question that that the accuser hits I didn't say the other word because I don't want you to make fun of the way I pronounce it <laughs> Satan <laughs> shut it um I intentionally did that I was like I, yeah. I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna don't do, do it, it. Don't Satan do it. Um, Satan says if you are if you are the son of God and just going that is fascinating because that was what the father affirmed to Jesus mm -hmm. and publicly, this is my beloved son and I am well pleased. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of 40 days in the wilderness, he's like, well, if you are the son of God, why do you look so hungry? Like, mm -hmm. is he good? Is he not good? And you have the prerogative. He surely wouldn't get mad. 
and, and it's just like just realizing that that's been probably my biggest struggle of yeah. just believing what the Father says is true, that I am his beloved, he loves me, he'll never leave nor forsake me, he delights in me, he's pleased to give us the kingdom, he mm -hmm. wants joy to be complete, right? There's nothing I can do to earn or for him to leave. It's like, but yet it's that question, well, if you really are a believer, shouldn't you have all your crap together? Yeah. Like if, 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 if God really loves you, why is this hard for you right now? Mm -hmm. if, you know, it's just all of that subtle stuff. And then, then it just like unfolds multiple layers of other things, yeah. you know? So it's like, that's been something I've been having to learn. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that you too had to learn obedience through what you suffered. Right. And, and that you, you, you know, you went through that because we couldn't do it, but it also gave us a, a template of like going, okay, here's how to, mm -hmm. to address that and to fight. And so yeah. it's, that's been a big personal wrestling match for me. The wilderness part is setting off some different thoughts and feelings in my head because almost that's the prerequisite for the gospel to be understood well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where was, was John? Thinking, yeah, yeah. John the Baptist there, and even quoting, you know, making the connection for John to Isaiah's prophecy of prepare the way in the wilderness. Like yep. it's this, and and all those beautiful prophecies about life springing up from dead ground. Um, yep. Almost like the Lord has to get us down to the base level of just our deepest need and desires so that yeah. we, we realize what we're missing, um, kind yeah. of tapping back into our stuff with cisterns and fountains and our, our thirst and really knowing him. Um, but I love the, I was thinking about, you're talking about the temptations apart from the one where Satan said, bow down and worship me. All the other ones are things that we try to pull off in Christianity. Yep. Miracles. What does Satan say? Like, turn that into bread. Turn that stone into bread. How many of us would and have not even heard, like, they're they're having healings there? Or look, it's it's a miracle. It's a miracle. And that'll do it. That that is a surefire shortcut to getting people to believe that Jesus is the Son of God or a resurrection. Um I don't remember what all the other ones. The other one was like throw yourself down. Turn this into bread, throw yourself down. And then the third one was worship me. Yep. But test God. Um, and I think we indirectly test him with our subtle belief. It's a incorrect belief, but our subtle belief that if things are going well, he's blessing us and we're in. Totally. <laughs> but if things... Oh, to me, that's the throw yourself down thing. It's like... He will guard his angels concerning you. Why isn't he guarding his angels? Why isn't he setting them to help you? You must be doing something wrong. And then you just have exposed the fact that your gospel understanding is thin. It is thin and, and garbage, honestly. Well, there's part of that. And then there's like the like other layer where you're just like, you're just a little bit of an impetulant child. Okay. <laughs> you know, it, 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 like... It's like you know it's true, but you're just in such a bad spot in your own heart that you just want to go, 
Dad, prove that you love me. Yeah. You, you know, it's kind of like all you have to really ask is, God, do you do you love me? Can you, you know? And God would never say, Yeah, I'm no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna validate, or I'm not gonna tell you I love you. You know, but we do it in a way where it's just like, since you didn't give me my thing, show me that you love me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like even though you believe it, there's just like this weird, like spoiled brat sin part of us, right? Or like uh, a spiritual entitlement that's like layered in there. It's just like, oh man, that that that's the part where I personally, I'm just like, I hate, I hate it so much when I see myself in the nation of Israel. I hate it. <laughs> you know, like three days after the party of the Red Sea. We're thirsty. We're gonna die. <laughs> we right want. My favorite is that we want to go back to Egypt where they had leeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, well, what? it's even like we would rather have died with them than be here. You're just like, wow. That yes, I I I'm guilty of thinking that. Mm-hmm. Life was better before you, God. Can I just go backwards? Yeah, you know, and it's just like why am I sometimes just such a spoiled little brat? You know, it's like, and, and I discovered for me, it's just rooted like, I'm still not fully trusting that what God says about me is true or that he really isn't a good father, mm-hmm. you know? And so the part that I just been like meditating on personally in all of this is going, why why was it so significant that when Jesus taught his disciples to pray that he started out with our father? Like before anything else. Why do you think? Understand understand this context. He's mm-hmm. a good father. He's Abba. Because like even in Romans 8, right? It's like the spirit inside of us like testifies that we, we you know, children. we're his children, but Abba, you know, and like just all of those things. It's just like, really? And, and that, that's the, like, and I... As a kid, you know, you know a little bit of my past, but as a kid, like, that's always been a huge struggle for me. Like, do I really trust their intentions? Yeah. You know? And so it's like, do I really trust God's intentions? Well, if not, I'm going to, I have to take matters into my own hands, you know? And, and then I, when uh... I suck, then it's God's fault. <laughs> right? It's like, well, I blew it. God, what the heck? Why did you let me do that? Yeah. Why did you make me this way? <laughs> yeah. If you knew I was going to sin, why didn't you just stop it? You knew I could. You know, it's yeah. just like, ugh. I feel like my eyes and more the eyes of my spirit and the ears of my spirit and my heart, kind of the, the way the to use scripture's language, have been opened somewhat, um, tuned a little bit more. Um you know me well enough to know that there sometimes God uses really weird things to get my attention. And so I was, I've, I've been like really drawn to the most odd videos, uh, tutorial videos and things like that on YouTube. Sometimes like I'll just get, and I'm just watching stuff on music and just, and so the first one was this um, classical uh, opera kind of, music festival in Maastricht, Holland, I think is how you say it. And this like famous composer, this like he totally looked the part. He's got like this white long kind of almost like Mozart looking. Um, and he's up front and he is, there's thousands of people and they're all dressed just like formally and sitting outside. 
Um, and I went, I went to one thing in Vienna years ago. I was on a mission trip, and we stopped on the way home in Vienna and sat outside with, I mean, must have been six thousand people listening to classical music, and they had like mm-hmm. like we would at football games, like all these like trucks and food carts set up with brats and all this stuff. But then everybody's sitting down and just we're listening to Karajan film festival, like the, this classical. And I was like, this is so different than what we do <laughs> in America. Mm. So right, that's what this was like. I was watching this and he gets up and he says, there's this young girl. She's 15 years old. Uh, she is paralyzed in her stomach and she has to be, she can't eat on her own. She has to be food is fed into her stomach um, by a tube. And so this little beautiful young girl comes out and he says, but she also is a singer. And I was like, well, how does this work? Wow. And so everybody's just mesmerized and she starts singing. And if, if you are uh, listening today or watching, I'll put the, I'll put the link to this in the show notes and you can watch it yourself. Um, and she starts singing and it's gorgeous. And she's mm. so passionate, and it's a it's a French song, uh, voila, voila, la, voila, voila. Like it's just this like something you wouldn't like have on your normal playlist. But I am mesmerized, and it's one of those where I know, with all that God's teaching me about who He is and His kingdom, I just sense His spirit going. Listen and watch, and so then they're showing people in the audience, and they're just awestruck and mm-hmm. like these older men just like wiping tears away and just people in just joy listening to her sing and listening to the you know the orchestra behind her and so this began what was then i i you know it's like the youtube people <laughs> they know what you want to see and so then you've probably seen some of these videos have you ever watched the ones where people hear for the first time and they've been mm. had those cochlear implants put mm. they've been deaf most of their life and then they put these this new technology and they film them hearing the voice of their mom or their dad or their wife or husband for the first time and so wow. at first it's very disturbing and they're like it's loud it's like you know the just these the, the fact that they're sound at all but then as they recognize what's happening and they're tuning into wait this, I'm watching you speak. You're, you're my mom. That's your, just every single one of them ball. They, they just wow. cannot. And I was too. I was like, I'm watching this. Um, and then the next video is the people who have been colorblind their whole life and people gift them those in chroma glasses that allow them to see color. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen those as well. Same thing. And the same response, they put them on and like, there's one guy who's hilarious, <clears throat> excuse me. And he said, shut up. This is what you guys see. This is what you guys, that's red. No, like he's just so mm. overwhelmed. And so I was listening to this. I was even telling Lisa, I was like, I've, this all seems really <laughs> connected to me. Like God is trying to say, I'm trying to teach you how to see, how to hear. There's a music mm. that is being played that is as ancient as the earth itself, it's my song, it's my voice, and it's just, man, like, so that's, that's ironically, the last few days I've been thinking about the gospel in that way, like as this, mm. almost like I am, oh, so this is what your voice sounds like. Oh, yeah. this is what color 
that's red, God? That's red? I thought this was red. You know, and just enjoying it, I guess just enjoying it, just being like, I'm just like, I just love you, God. I'm just so overwhelmed at who you are. And can I have more of this? I think that's been, there's been like not only an understanding of what's happening, but also this deep longing. Can I have more of this? And can you teach me how to show others the colors and to hear the songs and to be moved with deep longing for who you are just by the fact that this is the gospel and not that it isn't amazing that Jesus died for us or that the simplified version maybe that we heard our whole life, but it's more just, that just is the the tip of the iceberg as far as yeah. that goes. So that's kind of how I've been thinking about it the last few days. It's It's been a very interesting... That's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it is kind of intriguing when you think about it. It's like the... <laughs> you're just... This is going to make this logic is going to make absolutely no sense. I was watching a comedian and he used the punchline about like seeing the world through baby's eyes. It was a joke. Okay. But then I started thinking about that like, you know, like infants, like they can't see, you know, more than this. And that it's just yeah. slowly further out. And, and, and just like even in the process, like they learn how to recognize voices in the womb and things like that. And, and like our spiritual growth feels kind of like, it starts out with like infant eyes and, you know, you mm-hmm. just, you see more and more. And, and, and that's been um, part of one of the things that the Lord is starting to show me in terms of like this, my struggle with the identity wrestling match, like this is my son. Okay. He sees me this way and this, and then that second temptation is, is mm-hmm. the, the other side where I, I, I summarize it as, is the temptation to validate yourself and yeah. to, like even for God to validate himself too, like, hey, do something spectacular and watch God do something spectacular, then everybody will know, and then you'll know, you know? And yeah. it's just kind of like, okay, but that's, like, that's what I get tempted into. Like, I got to be something mm-hmm. pretty spectacular to be validated, like even for myself to be validated, like, yes. Is the validation? Can I ask a question about the validation? Yeah. Is the validation of to say that you're okay, or that what you've believed up to this point is it's all right? Like, what do you what do you mean when you say to be validated? Um, like all of the above. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like 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 this is where like this is where it's hard. Like in our pastoring, it's like who we are is so connected to that. So I'm like. Well, if I am a child of God and I'm called to be a pastor, then spectacular things should kind of happen. Like I yeah. should, you know, these these things. And so, like at the like where my logic is trying to go is I'm verbally processing is like Jesus's path was the way of suffering, mm-hmm. right? Like he did works, but those were the point towards Jesus. But it's this constant, like you know, he had to learn obedience for suffering. So what I've been like growing in this and the part that I want to push against so hard is uh, I want to say it was Henry Nowen who -hmm. talked about the wounded healer. Yes. I I think that thinks that's right. Yeah. So like, I've been kind of like just chewing on that. Like why does Jesus still have the scars in his resurrected body? Like what, what is that meant to communicate to us? It's kind of like the sense of like, there's no, I'm not hiding this. Like this is almost like an invitation for you to embrace my suffering so that you can feel like this is the way, you know, yeah. not to be all 
whatever movie story TV show that is. Um, but it, I think it is a great. That, I mean, the, you're using biblical language the, of yes. the way of Jesus. Like the absolutely, this is the way. It, it, you know, so it's like that's where I'm going. Okay, if this is that, so then my wounds are, are like what I wrestle with in the scars mm. and that is is actually creates a safe environment for the gospel to yeah. to move in power. You know, the humility, the weakness. Paul, you know, in our sufferings, we get to share in the comforts of Christ because he was comforted in what he suffered. Mm-hmm. It's like boast all that the more in my fight. weakness. Right. So I constantly am learning how to identify my sufferings and sometimes why the Lord leaves them or the scars there as mm-hmm. a means, not as like canceling my identity, but actually affirming it. Yeah. You know, I like, uh, yes. I don't like that. Well, I but wonder I if not being ashamed of the gospel um, isn't just uh, obviously at at some level it is that this is foolishness to the world. Corinthians, uh, this the foolishness in the cross, the foolishness in believing in an invisible God, an invisible kingdom. But I wonder if part of the foolishness is also that place of embracing the weakness and the need to the need to come daily. And to have the embrace of our Father in heaven and to hear him say, you're my son and you're my daughter and I love you. Um, Nicodemus fought this place, I think, in his conversation when he was kind of throwing, surely you're not saying I have to be born again. <laughs> like, or I enter a womb the second time. Like, But I, I'm reading between the lines of his kind of protest as saying, I've been doing this my whole life though. I, mm-hmm. You're asking me to start again. And I do hear Jesus say, yeah, right now. <laughs> and tomorrow yeah. as well. And next yeah. week when you feel like you're all that and you know, I validate you, you don't validate you. Uh, yeah. I'm the one who decides. Uh, I just, I wonder if that's part of not being ashamed is not yeah. just the facts of it. Well, yeah. Then like even unintentionally sometimes our christian culture like per, like highlights this victorious in christ rhetoric mm-hmm. and and i think it means well but it, it doesn't like it, it embraces like you shouldn't be suffering or like even has like hints of prosperity gospel health and wealth and yeah you, you know you shouldn't be walking in weakness and you got to be this but it's just like well the victory in Christ is like what Paul goes through in Second Corinthians four. Like it's the the treasure is in in, in your broken clay pot. Mm-hmm. Like you're broken, and you're victorious because of the resurrection power that's within you that is on display. Where your weakness is seen as power. It's upside upside down, and yeah. And I mean that's the whole thing. Paul, like Second Corinthians, is just Paul validating, trying to like. The church is like, you're not an apostle because you're suffering. You're not an apostle because you're not jumping off the temple and angels are coming. You're not a great preacher. And mm-hmm. da 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 da. And he's like, actually, it's all of my weakness and my suffering that actually validates me. Yeah. And you're like, I feel like I'm being a fool, or like, let me be even more foolish. You're like, who has suffered? He's just like laying it all out there. That's the part where I'm like, oh, hmm. okay. 
he did not question his identity in his suffering and that, but. I think this book is probably a favorite for both of us. And obviously we spent a whole episode on it, but second Timothy, um, do not be ashamed Yeesh. of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner rather join with me. This is what we're saying in suffering for the gospel uh, by the power of God. And then this, this just struck me. They, uh, our youngest Abigail's at Wheaton and their, their verse for this year for their class starts right here. He has saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace, this grace was given us in Christ Jesus. This is my, this is killer before the beginning of time, mm. but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was an appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That's why I'm suffering as I am mm. at, at this place of, not being ashamed, but also this thing is so big. This thing ha was before time, before time began, and it's just coming to light through Jesus. Um, so we're called to be like Christ and to join him in his sufferings. And so it seems also then that if we take some of this, that it has come, like the way he says, it's been revealed through the appearing of Jesus. Um, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, um, that that's part of our life, our journey, is this daily seeing it revealed in us. And I think that's yeah. probably how I'm – it's not this like straight up just hear the facts, I've accepted it, and you know, like we said, I'm in. It's this I'm daily being melted down <laughs> into this raw material – that finds my home in him and he is shaping and he's creating and he, we're his masterpiece and we are a light that is not to be yep. hidden, you know, and we're to be salt that is flavoring others and drawing them into the, to taste and see that God is good. And yeah, a question came to my mind and then I found myself actually being embarrassed that I don't know the answer to this. Well, I so, probably don't either. <laughs> Ask it. I don't. I don't know if anybody does. It, it's the th like if Jesus has his scars in his resurrected body in heaven. Yeah. Will, will we have ours? You know what I mean? Like, like even emotionally, like yeah. scars. Like in terms of like uh, revelation, like we overcome by the word of our testimony. Mm -hmm. Like, will those be beautiful stories of glorifying God? Like. There's yeah. part of me that goes kind of I kind of don't like they're so transformed that like the hurt is almost mm -hmm. like transformed in it or it's like it doesn't cause like the negative emotion but almost like a yeah. a beauty. Art. Yes, I do think this celebration of what he's done, not in a way of like because yeah, I, I think part of the reason he has scars is to remind us that he was here. He, he was a human, <laughs> both fully God and fully man, and that he was in the dirt and the dust. Um, but they do make great stories. If you think about our, our mm -hmm. past, our difficulties, our pain, you come through pain and you have scars from that, and then you are still speaking of your love for God and your desire to be with him even through yep. it. Like, how does that happen? How could that even yeah. be, you know, a reality? We, we have a, in our church right now uh, a family 
um, husband and wife who's really wrestling with just a difficult diagnosis. You okay. know, and it and um you fight for the hope in believing that God will heal and you know, or like you have no idea the duration of how long it'll be before if like life gets ended in that process. And mm-hmm. and the thing that like it, it's been so moving is this couple in our church has chosen to not ignore their own emotions and grief and hurts and mm. stuff, but they're also not ignoring the opportunity to use it as a means to mm. display the beauty and hope and grace of God. Yep. And, and it, 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 they have impacted and pastored our church probably better than anyone in the last year or so as they've been journeying through this. It's just been so incredibly humbling. It's like they're not using it as a means to shake their fists at the Lord. Yeah. You know? And yet but they're not ignoring their own stuff, but they're also realizing that this this is the part that's crazy. It's like God entrusted us with this suffering. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um mm. Yeah, that's a deep root of the gospel in a life, is what I would say when I hear that. That's somebody who gets it. That's somebody yeah. who has not simplified it. It's And how how interesting, they probably would say that what they're going through, I've heard this from others, has been the catalyst to take them deeper, which is yep. why the whole idea of Jesus using sufferings to perfect you know, his work in us and, yeah. and bring it about. Yeah, 100%. Well, I say we uh, we let that image of that sweet family uh, kind of be the end of this one, and because that's what we're saying is like the gospel has to affect us personally and hit us in this, you know, ways that are going to take the rest of our life. But I think it's a good spot to end um, for this one. Sweet. Well, hey, thanks for joining us for episode seven. In our next one, we're going to talk about our hopes and dreams for uh, the churches where God's given us the blessing to serve right now as pastors and how we hope the gospel is going to be hitting uh, the people that we know there or maybe the people that aren't even there yet or our cities that we live in, uh, Winona and Austin. But appreciate you listening. Uh, Drop us a note, peopleunfinished at Gmail. Um, As always, we would love to pray for you as well. So let us know. Hey, thanks for joining us.